And this is where Don and Sue go out for a pleasant evening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another edition of the esteemed podcast that is This Is Lucha Pod. I am the one and only true most valuable player of the Lucha Pod, that being the absolutely amazing, absolutely fantastic, and absolutely so many words to use to describe him. He can't even use them all himself. Costa K, and I am joined by my co-host, my lesser person, who is also here, Darcy, Darcy Stank, Stench, Darcy Stone is here, that's her. That is the weirdest way to say that you are a lesser of a host than I am. No, no, you misheard, I was saying that you were a lesser host than me. Yeah, but last week you were saying that my intros got boring and then mm-hmm. you just, what, I don't even know what that was. That was terrible. I am definitely, like, I am coasting this podcast to celebrity status, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I think personally, uh, and I think about 100% of our listeners would agree, that I am the better host. I don't know, though. But you know what? They're going to find out because today we're doing our first co-host interview we are and that is with uh, a very good friend of both of ours somebody who we've known for a little while now and somebody who was before all this you know pandemic shit took the world over was making a huge mark on the british wrestling scene and that somebody is none other than mercedes blaze yes yes mercedes i love you i can't wait for everyone to hear this interview it's so good Yeah, it was a really good interview, and that is still to come later in the podcast. However, before we get to that, we have some more housekeeping to take care of, Darcy. Isn't that right? Yeah, speaking of housekeeping, we have a little thing to attend to, which is Match of the Week. Now, Costa, this week is your week. Tell us what you've picked. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, I know we've had a lot of kind of... We kept it in the family, the first few weeks, you know, we've had Lucha Britannia match, we've had a Triple L match, an Eve match, a Project W match. So I thought, you know, let's branch out a bit. Some people, you know, they might have had their fill of indie wrestling for a little while. Maybe they want something a little more mainstream. So let's go a little old school down the archives of WWE. So my match of the week is, in all honesty, one of my all-time favourite matches. A match that I personally think... Everybody, whether you're a wrestler or just a fan, whatever it might be, you need to watch this match. And it is from WrestleMania 21 in the year 2005. And it features two of the people who, in my mind, are the two best wrestlers to have ever laced up a pair of boots. And they are Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle. Yeah, throwback. Oh, my God, 2005. That is insane. I, Kurt and Shawn are my boys. I've always loved them in the ring, and I remember this match vividly because although I was only five at the time, I learned about wrestling and rewatched it, and it is absolutely insane. The build-up was incredible. It's definitely something everyone needs to watch if they want to be a wrestler. It's so good. So quickly before I get into that a little bit more on that match, did you say you were five at the time? 
Wait, two thousand? No, I was fifteen. I was. There's no way you were five at the time because you're about oh, twenty years older than I am, and I was no, older than five. I'm fifteen. Sorry, I was fifteen. Oh, yeah. I've just given away my age. <laughs> Never mind. That so, I have clearly have some age issues right now. But anyway, yeah, the match, <laughs> the match itself is phenomenal. Like you just said, um, a lot of the time you hear people talk about how. You know, wrestling needs to be about telling a story about how the build-up to matches need to be just as important in the story. But this match, like, it does all of that, but in such a simple way. Like, the story and the build of this match was basically this. It was just, I'm the best wrestler in the world. No, no, I'm the best wrestler in the world. Okay, let's have a match and prove it. There was no championship on the line. There was no number one contender. There was no, like, ah, your dog killed my snake so i'm gonna punch him <laughs> in the face for it there was no weird shit like that it was just anything that in fact kurt's whole thing was anything sean can do i can do better so for weeks in the lead up he was trying to outdo things sean had done in the past and then finally the stage is set you've got the two best wrestlers ever in the ring in their prime as well like I, very rare that you get that like how many times do you see a match where just two people who are at their absolute best meet each other in the ring? And not only are they at their best, but they happen to be two of the absolute best. And yeah, it was phenomenal. They put on a clinic. They stole that year's WrestleMania, in my opinion, which was no easy task, to be fair, because that mania mm-hmm. was a pretty good one. You had Eddie and Ray opening the show. Uh, the month, the first ever Money in the Bank is on that mania. Uh John Cena and Batista both won their first titles. That made it. There's a lot of really good stuff on that show. But that doesn't match... that show though? Like you don't. The fact that they didn't have a title on the line and they still put on this. Oh my! I need to go and watch this match again because I absolutely. I it stands out my mind as one of my favorite matches from WWE. Yeah, I, said, I, I think you should, and I think everyone at home should go and watch this match. Even if you've seen it before, go check it out. It's on the WWE Network, of course. I'm pretty certain it might even be on WWE's YouTube page as a free match. If it is, I'll share a link of it so you guys can find it a lot easier. Just keep an eye on our social medias, on our Twitters, our Facebooks, our Instagrams, all that jazz. And, yeah, that's this week's Match of the Week. Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, Mania 05. Yay! Okay, so talking about matches, you are doing this exchange with Cara Noir, aka Tom Dawkins, who plays Cara Noir, um, where you're giving him a match every week, and in exchange he will give you something of a cultural nature. And last week he gave you um, a cultural piece that you didn't quite take to. And if, no. if anyone wants to listen to that, they can go back next week and hear that with um, our guest RJ Singh. But this week, you gave him a match. You mean go back last week? Go back last week. I'm sorry. I have lost all (laughs) concept of time in lockdown. I have no idea. That's all right. You're only only five years old. Don't worry about it. Apparently so, yes. (laughs) I wish. I wish I could be a wrestler at like 10. I don't know. But yeah. Um, So, yeah. Why don't we talk about what, what happened with you and Tom Dawkins this week? Um, well, I mean, rather than going too much into what we spoke about this week, I will we'll just I think we should just get to it, really. I mean, I'll give you the, the quick outline, I guess. So Tom, last time Tom did a review of one of my subjects, it was the Kennel from Hell match, which 
he gave four out of five stars to, which I personally thought was very generous. Um, I wouldn't have even given it four out of five <laughs> stars, but that's, you know, his prerogative. That's how he felt about it. So that was something a bit old. And Tom kind of, he wants some contemporary stuff mainly. So I thought I'd give him something old to start with, but we'll build to this. So this week, Tom is going to be talking about a much more modern match. So modern, in fact, it happened this year. So I'm going to send it over to me and Tom, where Tom will be discussing and analysing, reviewing, whatever you want to call it, a match from this year's WrestleMania, and that is between John Cena and the fiend Bray Wyatt, and it was known as the Firefly Funhouse match. Enjoy. have not watched Wrestlemania this year. No, I haven't. Um, so I've given you this match because this... No, week... no, no, let me start because I know okay, I'm, like, this on. looks bad that, like, you know, who doesn't watch Wrestlemania? I didn't watch Wrestlemania because I watched the first match and there was no crowd and this is not on dig at Nikki Cross, but she, she did something and then sold out and, like, to no one and, like, and I kind of died inside and for me it was like, I just couldn't watch it. So that's when it that, that was where my WrestleMania ended. That's no slight on Nikki Cross. I just think wrestling works best with an audience. But we'll come back to that in a second. Yeah, I mean, I get what you mean. I, I had the same sort of thing when I was watching the first few, like, no fans shows. And it, it does kind of take you out of it a bit. But that's a subject for a different time, I guess. Mm. Um, this is more about one match in particular, which was probably... Out of the whole weekend, one of two matches that were probably the most talked about matches from Mania this year. Possibly even two of the most talked about matches just all year in general, given the current climate and how people have to adapt and do things that are different. So WWE and a few other places, well, I think AEW have tried their hand at it a bit too. Uh, but WWE have kind of sunk their teeth into doing cinematic type matches during uh, this pandemic. And the first one they did was the Boneyard match, which I might give you another time because that was also uh, something kind of similar to this, but also incredibly different. Um, but then the second one on night two, which is the one we're doing now, is the Firefly Funhouse match, which is a hell of a tongue twister to say. Um, and it's Bray Wyatt and John Cena. And they had a pretty interesting story going into the match, I thought. Uh, but before we get sort of too into the story and like what the thing actually was, first impressions when presented with 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 me telling you Firefly Funhouse, what what did you first think? Uh, well, I was kind of intrigued because it's it was I've been I've had a lot of interviews where people have asked me about them and I just had I was like yeah sure it's great that they're doing cinematic matches but I've not actually watched it so I could never really comment on it so I feel that like the previous one this was another hole in my knowledge that uh, I needed to explore but um first impressions um I don't know like what I what are the first impressions I guess watching the whole thing you kind of I I, I was aware that it wasn't a wrestling match Mm-hmm. It was an extended vignette. And I think that wrestling needs to move out of the ring. You know, this is going into, rather than my wrestling brain, into like a, a cabaret brain. And I really enjoyed what 
the, what they were trying to do. I just felt that they were do. Yeah, I, I felt that um, as they were kind of taking you through, it was like John Cena's past and John Cena's journey, really, right? Yeah. Um, and it started with the ruthless aggression, um, uh, John Cena to uh, rapper John Cena to uh, um, to how and who he is now. And I like the start. For me, it kind of broke the uncomfortability, you know, the fact that it was uncomfortable, the fact that there's no crowd, because John Cena come out and acknowledged that. Mm-hmm. And it looked quite sad for him to come out and do his entrance with no one there. And then it cuts, and then the entire match changes. Yeah, I think um, I think one of the things that they did really well in it for me was like I mentioned a minute ago was just like in terms of story uh, storytelling because often you get you get in wrestling uh, people clamoring for tell me a story you know put you know put the effort in I don't some you know some people like the quote unquote indie riffic spot fest match. But I think that's a harder thing to do when there's no crowd. Because yeah. when you've got no one there to pop for, you know, a Canadian destroyer or a super kick party or whatever it might be, it's kind of harder to do it because like without the reaction, is it as cool as it, you know, would have once been. Whereas mm. with this, you don't need a live crowd there. It's it's like watching a movie. It's just you're sucked into it. And for me, it wasn't even so much the story of what they were doing there. It was like the subtext to it that I really liked in that by the end of it, like I think they even showed it in the thing. There's like a clip at the end where in the build-up to the match, Bray had cut a promo saying... Uh, sorry, uh, John had cut a promo uh, saying that at WrestleMania, uh, the most overrated star and under uh, not underachiever the most overachieving star of wwe was going to get shown for what they truly are and in his promo obviously he meant bray wyatt yes but you're now seeing it from wyatt's point of view that actually that's was, john cena yeah he was holding him in that sister abigail before was it yes the sister abigail yeah. uh then that promo comes over the top and then the finish happens i think that's what it was right yeah. Uh, and and I like the, oh, yeah, it was, I, I, I really did uh, like what they tried to do. I like the fact that they pushed it. The problem I found that I would have loved it to be more out of the ring, because mm-hmm. at this point it didn't need to be in a ring. It could have been anywhere. And I th- felt that they were, John Cena is... You know, Wyatt wanted to go really serious with it. You could feel it. Like, it was, he wanted to go really dark. But I felt that there was a slight PG restriction on that. Uh, and also, maybe with John Cena as well, he was slightly tongue-in-cheek with a few things. I love the old nine, like the old 90s, like, promo bit in the middle. Mm-hmm. That kind of really made me smile, you know, and really nostalgic. And um, even to the point where he's pumping his guns to the point <laughs> it goes on for so long but it's so good it's kind of like his hulk up um but it just seemed like there was genuine moments of sadness and genuine moments of kind of like you you felt sorry for john cena and like you know we all know about his personal life and that was like it was like you are alone yeah that, that was the real dig and i was like oh i just wanted you to do less silliness and make it 
darker and go really gritty because I think that would have then tipped that over the edge. I, I think wrestling needs to go more cinematic and it needs to be like the Avengers and you need to think, oh, okay, what's our end game, right? What is the big, you know, what is our big builds and what is the big cinematic matches because we haven't got an audience, so we have to do it in a different way. And I, I agree that there is a there is a need for that. And wrestling in a wrestling context doesn't work. If you take, you know, without an audience, I feel, um, if you take it, like use the cabaret world for an example, and that's my experience in the performing world, you know, um, yeah, you would have gone a lot deeper with that and a lot darker and really gritty. And I think it, you would make, I really want him to make the audience feel really uncomfortable. There was parts of it, but it just needed, it just needed to, just needed more of it. I, I really wanted to, you know, see John suffer uh, it, throughout that period and then get close to, I don't know, like a audio comeback to a certain degree. But yeah, yeah, I did... think I, I think I, I like, I, I understand what you mean. I, I feel kind of the same way. There was, there were some good points in there where it got like really kind of dark and a bit gritty, but then they'd quickly pull away from it, and it was like, oh, you were onto something so yeah. good right there. Like, oh, you, you just, just poke at that a little bit more. We that would have been perfect. But it was, it. I, Personally, I enjoyed. I did enjoy it, but it's not about me. It's about you. So, like overall, I guess how how do you how did you feel about that match in particular? Or I say um, match that uh, segment slash cinematic thing. I, I I you know as I said, I wanted more from it. You know, especially how it was hyped up to be. Um, I, I kind of hated the fact that they ended with someone like Titus O'Neil kind of taking the piss out of it almost. Which is, you know, <laughs> I was a bit you upset know by that. You know what? I forgot about that. <laughs> it cuts straight to him, and he's like, "I know." You reminded me. I remember it because I remember watching it live, and Malik just messaging me immediately, going, "What the fuck? Why'd they cut to Titus?" And like, yeah. we both just popped for Titus. I get it. They needed a pause, but you didn't need to pause. You, they could have just blanketed straight into the next match and be like, "This is what's next." And I, I think. It took away from that moment. I, I really think the WWE restricted themselves. I think because the yeah they're they're working on a PG platform, so they don't want to just you know alienate kids. Yeah, so I, yeah. I think I think that was they, it was a hard one to book because yeah the the night before they had done the Boneyard match where that closed oh. the show. The Boneyard match was like the main event of show oh. one. Because there was mainly was split into two uh, shows this year, and show one closed with the Boneyard match, whereas show two closed with Lesnar and Drew McIntyre and McIntyre winning the title. Yeah. So it was difficult because there was a lot of pressure, I think, on this match because everyone loved the Boneyard match so much. Because I don't think anyone really at the time, no one knew that these were. I, I don't know if anyone even knew there were going to be cinematic matches, and if we did, we didn't know whether you know how they were going to do them. Um, I think we saw the Boneyard match and again we'll do that I think we'll definitely do that another time but mm. that that match was in a lot of people's minds so out of the box and different and cool that, and the w, something that the WWE had never really done before that there was a lot of pressure on this match to live up the next day like oh my god well that's the only match on the card that's going to probably be a cinematic match the Firefly yeah. Funhouse match so how are they going to do that and then you'd have that and it ends up being pretty good but then it's not closing the show. So you need, I, I, I kind of get why they did the Titus thing, but I, I don't think it was needed, but I kind of get it. Cause if you, it, it's weird to kind of just go, 
all this craziness that just happened here and then go, and coming up next, Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So it, it needed I, something. I, I guess I didn't know was... where it was on the card, but um, the, yeah, I didn't mean to, I'm, I'm not trying to be harsh because I think what they've tried to do in a very short period of time, they've, they've essentially changed. They've had to pivot their entire structure and their business in one go. So I think, yeah, it, it might seem a bit harsh. And I think they, they've learned a lot from this mania. And I think they're, they're really trying to push that, that cinematic style. And I think you can see that throughout all the other matches that they've, they've gone. They're not taking themselves too, too seriously, you know, you know, but I did also, on the other hand, the whole time I was watching it, this might be a dated reference. I was thinking of South Park. Do you know the wrestling one where they're talking to each other the yes. whole time and they're, you know, talking about their issues? That's what that reminded me of. And I, <laughs> I, I that that was the, you know, um, yeah, that was the instant link that I thought, okay, well, that, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, I yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from there. Um, so all that's kind of left, I guess, is uh, a overall. Did you would you say you enjoyed it? And B, what are you giving it on the? I'm not going to call it a Meltzer star rating anymore because Meltzer rating. irritates me. So I'm go- we're just going to call it uh, the 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 cultural exchange star rating. I I I, I would okay. So I enjoyed it. I think it needs work, and I think they would have like. Need if they would have done a second draft and make it grittier, you know, I think it would have been a really like impactful piece. Um, but um, so I would I would probably give it like a three. Mm. Okay. Um, which is bad because the kennel of hell I rated us four, but you, you did. Know. You did. But, you rated would... the kennel. Of hell. <laughs> You're never living that down either. But I enjoyed the kennel of hell probably more because it was so bad. <laughs> For a different reason. <laughs> That's weird. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> oh dear. Well, fair enough. You three stars <laughs> for Firefly Funhouse. Um, cool. Well, there you have it. Tom Dawkins preferred the kennel from hell to the Firefly Funhouse match. Yep. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> That was Tom Dawkins and Costa K talking about the fireplace match from this year's WrestleMania. Now, I haven't heard that segment, but I am so excited to hear Tom's thoughts on it. So, Costa, how was that for you? Oh, mate, yeah, it was great. It was interesting to sort of get his take on it. Um, I was, I, you know what? It's one of them things where because Tom, the way he is and the way he wrestles, there's a little bit, I, sh- I suppose some people might pull some similarities between him and Bray Wyatt in the sense that they're both very out there sort of characters. There's a lot of uh, intricate details in the way they're presented and they're not, you know, just wrestler A, you know what I mean? They're not, mm-hmm. you know, generic wrestler with pants and tights or whatever and with a shit haircut and no fucking facial <laughs> expressions. They have actual Yay, character and layers to them. So it was interesting to get Tom's take on that. Uh, on on someone like Bray Wyatt, I should say, as well as the match itself. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it was good fun. And next week, 
as as uh, as a tradition, next week I will be analysing something from Tom, which I won't spoil now. I'll just save that for next week and let you tune in to hear what it is. It is a cultural piece. I'll let you know that much. And um, yeah, yeah, tune in I next week for wait. that. <laughs> I can't wait. Like you completely, basically shut on his dreams last week. So I'm looking forward to seeing if he like. If he steps it up or if he just gets weirder and he's like, you know what, Costa, this is my jam. And you're going to well, either appreciate it or I'm not going to be on this podcast. Yeah, well, look, I haven't I haven't actually watched the thing he's assigned me yet. So I'm going to go and check it out. And then next week. <clears throat> let me say that again. So I haven't actually watched the thing he's assigned me yet. Um, so I'm going to go and watch that now. And, you know, next week I will let everybody know what it was like and what the truth about it is. I'm sure Tom thinks it's amazing, but then again, what does Tom know about culture? Um, <laughs> uh, but I watched the thing from last week and I thought it was really good. Really? What was it called? I don't know. I don't remember names of right, things. Right, so you, you didn't watch it. You're lying. No, I have. But then again, um, you know, Tom... Me and Tom have a, like, a cultural thing, so... You, you, said know, he I... was sh- you said he was shit last week. No, you said that. Okay. Anyway, anyway, anyway we're not getting into that. <laughs> we got a lot to get through, and this is one of the last big things we're going to get through today. So let's send us over to Yay, our excited. guests for this week. Um, I know how excited you are to have uh, her on, so I'll, I'm going to go ahead and be a gentleman and let uh, Darcy Stank do the uh, intro for our guest this week. I'm so excited. I'm just going to forget about what you just said. But yay, it's one of my favorite people, someone who doesn't get enough credit for how much hard work she puts in. It is the one, the only, the costume making, fire starting Mercedes Blaze. You're with us here now on LuchaPod, uh, but weirdly, like you're you're technically not a, I mean you are, but you're not a Lucha alumnus person thing, whatever the roster member. Um, I guess that's the right term. I don't know if I'm clutching at straws here, but you you have done some stuff. I think you've done privates at Lucha, right? Um, I have done some privates at Lucha. I have so indeed. Up. I think I did. Um... I was a referee on Lucha Britannia one time, I remember. Okay, well, there you go. You're, well, you know, you're an official member of the family anyway, so there you go. You're basically family. <laughs> are, are we recording, by the way? Like, is this... Yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going. We, we've hit record. We're on the podcast. You are live. Oh, God. Well, thanks for having me anyway. That's all right. Get out there. Um, so you are actually the first uh, joint interview between myself and Darcy Stone. This is history um, right here. Hey, it's um, history. <laughs> we outnumber you. <laughs> my, um, Rhonda, feel free to like jump in whenever you need to save me because I'm nervous. <laughs> you have absolutely no reason to be nervous. I, I, I loved you before like we knew each other. I always watched you in the ring. I was like, yes do it yes and then obviously we were part of the young lions together um and then when my knee was injured you like stepped up and killed it against jamie hater so yeah yeah you're gonna be 
fine. You have so many good stories to tell and your career is blossoming, so you'll be totally fine. Uh, how have you um how have you felt being in lockdown because I know that you love like doing your wrestling my and stuff well um I feel like at first I was finding it hard a bit I was struggling only because obviously I'm so used to my daily routine I'm so used to you know getting up at a certain time going to the gym doing this like I'm so used to just doing things throughout the day to so I went from that to doing absolutely nothing just sitting yeah. at home, eating, <laughs> eating and it's drinking. Hard. It's so hard, like, when the gyms are closed as well, and you can't even distract yourself. You're just stuck in your house. Yeah, there was no warning, you know. It just kind of happened out of nowhere. It's like, how do you prepare for something like that, you know? Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, you, technically, you've had a bit of stuff to do. I know you've been, uh, you know, we talk fairly regularly, so I know you've been making... Uh, you make a lot of your own gear. I say a lot. You make all of your well, own gear. Uh, so you've been doing you, that. Yeah. So yeah. How's, how's that, that been if going? anything, kept me busy. I feel like my making gear kept me sane during lockdown. Even though sometimes I look at, because obviously right now I'm making my new gear and I look at my progress and I'm like, seriously, Mercedes, you've been locked down all this time and this is what all you've done but you know at the end of the day I still have time I don't think I'll be wrestling anytime soon by the looks of it I don't know we'll see you're like you've been chatting about your gear and I've seen your previous creations like the one that most people have seen you wear and your jacket oh my god it is insane so I'm so excited to see your new gear I have to admit, like, my new gear is fire. Like, I'm proud of myself. Yes. Like, my new gear, okay, let me put my right now, but my new gear is, like, WrestleMania already, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I know how much work you put into it, so I'm really excited. Like, my new gear is this. And do you know what? I have to admit, because what I uh, initially had in mind was not what I've got now. But obviously, with the whole lockdown, quarantine, just being stuck at home, it's like, do you know what? Let me, fuck it, my life is over. Let me just spend all the money I have on one set of gear and, yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, that was actually going to be, that was, that was, yeah, I was going to say, that was going to be my next question. How much have you spent on this next batch, if you don't mind me asking? Way too much. Honestly, way too much. And this is why when people talk about Brit Red is cancelled, I'm like, no, I've dropped way too much bags on this gear. Like, I need to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to wear this gear even if I get to wear it one time and also I have this thing where I cannot show my gear unless I've worn it already so even though I'm tempted to show a bit like I've, I've shown a bit of snappets here and there but not enough to give you know anyone a full view or glimpse of what my gear is you know but you I don't know I'm, I'm tempted to show this it's lovely honestly like the colors the theme everything like I have a certain theme that I kind of stick to throughout all of my gear, you know, skulls, crystals, spikes, you know, so you can, of course, expect that. But I'm excited. I'm excited to wear it. I can't wait. And, and of course, right when I'm done with this one, I'll start making my next one because that's what I do. <laughs> have you, uh, I, I know we've spoken about this in the past briefly, but have you thought, have you thought a bit recently about potential? I mean, you need to make that money back, right? Have you not thought about making other people some gear? I don't have time. Like, I would love to. I've even had wrestlers ask me to make gear for them. And honestly, right now, 
I mean, I don't know what the future holds. If one day I retire, of course, that's a little side hustle there. But for now, the majority of the time I get, you know, spare time to myself, I'm making gear for me. So I don't know. I have to prioritize myself right now because I know what I'm like. If I start making gear for other people, if anything, I feel like they pay me for it. So I have to make it look even better than mine. And I don't know if I'm prepared to do that right now, you know? Like, yeah. I'm, if you, I'm being selfish if you, if you, with myself. Let me be selfish with myself for now, and eventually I can share the love. You know, I've always been asking you, like, Mercedes, make me like a really cool ring jacket. But, well, like, if I you wait, <laughs> wait to start making things for people, you know, because everyone is different, everyone's got different characters, you know, so making gear for someone would be completely different to what I would make for myself. But obviously, I want to keep to that. In where you see gear like when I look at gear I can tell who's made it well not all the time but majority of the time I can be like oh this is Empress Ball this is this is that so I kind of if I do make gear like as soon as you see you're like ah oh, Mercedes Blaze made that you know yeah you want your gear to have a stamp and like for people to know oh Mercedes made that gear yeah, exactly but at the same time I'm not right now I don't have time for it I've been making this gear that I've started since oh god this is actually quite embarrassing but remember it's not like I'm working on it every single day and with wrestling being on pause right now there's no hurry because I would have been finished with my new gear by now but I'm taking my time with it and honestly it's the best gear I've made so far I'm so happy with it and I cannot wait to just oh my days oh that's awesome <laughs> well I, I, I personally I can't wait to see it I mean I've said same I, I've said to you I've said to other people I'm, pre- I'm pretty certain I've even said it on this podcast how like you always like you look like a star when you come out and you wrestle like especially like the case in point was uh for me especially was that uh the last uh, eve show uh the queendom show when you came out in the rumble and like the, you just the way you stood like the way you had your gear looked on point everything was there you looked like a star yeah that day wow i got so many compliments on on my gear i mean yeah my wrestling also but <laughs> Maybe my gear. So yeah, that made me feel pretty good because I work hard on my gear. And let's just throw this out there: I'm not a professional. You know, I never went to school. And like, well, not to school for like, like I went to school, but not to learn how to sew. You know, so I'm not a professional when it comes to sewing. So I'm just, I'm, I'm when I've got is I work on my gear. The more my mind just becomes more creative, and you like, you know how it is. The more you work on things, the more you gain knowledge on that. So. The more I'm going, it's kind of like, because when I started making gear, I was not making anything close to what I'm making. And I, I feel like I'm just getting started. Like what I'm making now, I'm hoping like two, three years, I'm making things way better. And once I start making some more money, oi, oi, that's when trouble starts. <laughs> you're well, you're saying I never make money. <laughs> you're like, your gear at the moment, as I said, is fire. So if you're making like, as you said, your favourite gear now. In like two years' time, I cannot wait to see the sort of creations you make. But you make them for yourself, and I love that. I love the fact that you know what you want and you just make it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying, and I'm trying. It's like I I never wanted to call myself a superstar, but once it gets to the point where so many people are saying it to you, it's kind of like, Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna call myself a superstar. Yeah. I, even though I'm still a nobody. I'll take it. I look like a superstar and why not? Why Always. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking, <laughs> speaking of superstars, one, one thing I think, because we've known each other for a little while now, but I don't think we've ever actually really like gone too deep into like 
kind of how you got into wrestling and stuff. But before we get into that, like on the subject of superstars, who were like some of the people when you grew? I'm assuming you grew up watching wrestling and stuff. I did. Like I started watching wrestling from when I was about three years old. My dad was a huge wrestling fan, and then obviously he got my mom into it. So it, it was kind of like a household thing. Like I've always said. I grew up watching wrestling, you know, it's almost like wrestling raised me. Wrestling is like my third parent. I spent a lot of time with wrestling. Like my mom tells me this story and bear in mind, I was little, so I don't remember this. But my mom always tells me this story of when I was three years old and I got ready, you know, I sat on the sofa with my blanket, I'm ready, made my hot chocolate. And that day wrestling didn't come on. And I felt sick for days, apparently. <laughs> like for the first time, you know, I'm used to wrestling coming on my routine. I'm going to watch wrestling, go to bed. But that day it didn't come on and I just cried. And for the next few days, I just, just ill. So yeah, wrestling has an effect on me. <laughs> so who were, who would you say are some of the like people who you watched as a Shawn kid growing Shawn up? That Shawn your favorite? Shawn Michaels, definitely. Yes, 100% Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Um, Triple H, Randy Savage, Ric Flair. Oh, oh my days, Ric Flair. Like I will cry when he's getting beaten up. Like literally I will cry thinking, oh my days, they're hurting. Ric Flair, <laughs> um, <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page. I was always a fan of, and still am until this day. Oh, so you were um, a you were a WCW fan. Also, yeah. Do you know what? My mom loved WCW. I was more into WWF at the time, but my mother, like, she watches anything. You know, like, she's really into storylines and things like that. So, yeah, she was a WCW fan. Like, in fact, she was a big fan of the Filthy Animals. And the oh, other day, okay. yeah. <laughs> I had to tell her, I was like, Mom, guess who follows me on Twitter? I was like, Conan did. She was like, oh, I was like, yeah, Conan follows me on Twitter. Like, what the fuck, right? Shout out. She will love it. Shout out, Conan. She was a huge fan. She was a huge fan. And so was I. So, yeah. Well, you never know. But you yeah. might go, you know, might, you might one day go from the This Is Lucha Pod podcast to keeping it 100 with Conan now. Yes. He knows. He knows. There you go. There you go. I, I, hope I think so. we need to we need to little try and get them to retweet the Luchabar thing. Yeah, there get you your get, plays on it. <laughs> get your boy Conan um, to yeah. give us a retweet. And yeah, like Lita, I love Lita until this day. I love Lita. Lita is ah, oh, Lita is everything. Um, Stephanie McMahon, I was always a fan of. Like that woman is something else. <laughs> um, Trish, of course. Trish, um, who else? Oh, Jazz. I love yes, Jazz. Jazz. And I still can't believe I got to wrestle her. Like, what the hell? Oh, my God. Can we talk about that? I, I got to wrestle Jazz. Like, I don't know. Maybe that was a dream. Let me pinch myself and then get It wasn't because I was standing that... ringside like, yes, Mercedes. And then I was terrified I because cried, I was looking like, at Jazz. I cried, I cried that day. Like, shout out to Pro Wrestling Eve, Dan Reed and Emily. Like, honestly, like. I love res- wrestling for Pro Wrestling Eve. That's my home, you know. And they've given me some of my best opponents. Like, I could go on. Um, World Queens, um, Mercedes Martinez, uh, Jazz, you know. Like, honestly, the list goes on. Um, Heidi Katrina, who else have I wrestled? Like, some of the biggest names that I'm just I'm just thankful for, to be honest with you. Medusa Complex, the list goes on. Bearing in mind, I'm in my career you know so just sharing the ring with these ladies is just mind-blowing to me yeah that's really cool I actually I remember I'm I'm still gutted to this day 
that I didn't get to watch you and Jazz live because I had to leave. So oh. I came. I had. I did the. Uh, I did the Barrio Bar gig that that morning, and then afterwards yeah. I came. I came to the gallery to come uh, and watch some of the Eve show because I had a, like a couple of hours or an hour or so to kill before having to go to another gig that Gary had set up for us. And literally about, I think the match before yours, I had to go. And or I th- in fact, no, actually, I remember it now. I remember seeing Jazz's entrance and then uh... looking up, I looked at my phone. I was like, mate, if I don't leave now, I'm going to be so late for this gig. So I had to leave. Uh... And I was, oh, yeah, I was gutted. I missed it. Well, I'm a bigger fan Honestly. then of Mercedes because I was there and I watched it and it was amazing. So good. Like, could you tell how nervous I was? Because I was on this. No, never. When you get in the ring, you are like, especially when you're like heel Mercedes and you just step in, you're like, yeah, this is mine now. I own this ring. And everyone, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a legend. Like, you're going to listen to me and I love it. And you just, you always exuberate so that. I miss it so much. Like, even earlier on, like I was saying, you cost a lot. I went out for a few drinks with my friends. And um, I was showing him some clips of my wrestling stuff because I've not seen him in, like, forever. And it brought back so many memories because I can't watch myself right now because I, I can't wrestle, you know. And watching it just depresses me. But obviously, when you want to show somebody, I have no choice but to. And it brought back so much memories. And I was like, I hope I can still do these things, you know, like five months what I've not wrestled for five months oh my days I went from wrestling every weekend to not wrestling for five months and bearing in mind even on days I'm not wrestling I'm at a wrestling show you know so I got used to having wrestling in my life every weekend basically you know so I went from that to just doing nothing yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think a lot of people in, well, I say I think, I, I know everyone's kind of in the same boat where most people were, even if they weren't wrestling very often, like, you kind of go from wrestling, even if it was just once a month for some people or whatever it was, to completely nothing. Uh, or even people who are just at training schools, like, there's there's none of that still going on. And, you know, I think some places are kind of easing their way back into it a little bit now, but it's it's taking a long time and it's it's difficult. Yeah, but rightfully so, because I, I feel like it's still a bit, you know, too soon maybe for... I mean, I know some shows have started, and as long as... I mean, of course, as long as you're taking the proper precautions, because I feel like at the same time, we need this for our mental health. Like, I need wrestling, you know? I need wrestling, and if this goes on any longer, it's kind of like, oh, like, I need wrestling. I miss, I miss, I miss wrestling. I miss being around wrestling. I miss my wrestling friends. I miss performing. I miss fans. I, miss, I just miss everything about wrestling. I even yeah. miss the how disturbing is that? Like, just I was telling my mom the other day for the first time in such a long time, my body feels fine, you know, because now I'm starting to get the aches from gym. But during lockdown, I wasn't really, I was still training regularly, but not like I don't have that much heavy weights at home. So basically, I have to just train with what I have. So it's like for the first time in a while, like my body just feels so good. Like, no aches, no pains, mm-hmm. no bruises. My neck moves great. Like I was like, listen, I'm making the most of this. You know, I feel great right now. Like this is good because I'm gonna get back to rested. And let's face it, that um is going to fucking suck. <laughs> I'm prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm prepared for that. Like I miss the pain. Also, I miss it. I miss waking up the next morning. Like oh my days, I can't get out of bed, but I gotta do it again. Like I miss the 
car journeys, like falling asleep, trying shitting cars, like whatever. I just I miss everything about wrestling. <laughs> well, you you mentioned. You mentioned there about taking your first bump, like rewinding a little bit, or your first bump back, I should say. If we rewind a bit, what was uh, what was it like the first time you actually did take a bump? Like, where did you, how was how did you kind of start? Oh, I guess the first wrestling school I ever trained at was in Florida, Tampa, Florida, FCW, which stands for Florida Championship Wrestling. So that was the old developmental for NXT. So before there was NXT, there was FCW. So, I mean, this was many years ago. Yeah, many, many years ago. And I think I was about 18. Yeah. And I traveled there on my own. First time in America. Went there for like three months. Yep, I know. Call me crazy. You absolutely know one. But I was like, you know what? I'm a girl with a dream. and I'm going to make it happen. So, yeah, started training there. And, I mean, you know who Norman Smiley is, right? Of course. Yeah. Norman Smiley trainer at the time. And Steve Kern. I think he was another WCW wrestler, but yeah, so it was amazing trainers. And my first bump, you know what? Actually, <laughs> my first bump was not so bad. I remember taking one, and Norman was quite surprised. He was like, You know what? You know, when you can just see that initial shock on their face, like, Wait, hold on, do that again. Wait, that was your first bump, you know? Because obviously, with that bump, like, I remember him telling me they're looking for that one sound, you know? It was like, they don't want to hear two sounds, they just want to hear boom. And I was like, you know what? It wasn't perfect, but yo, my first bump, I feel like I kind of nailed it, you know? <laughs> I love that. I love that you yeah. were just like, I'm going to go, but I'm going to go do this now. I'm going to go to Florida and just do this. Say that again. I was like, I love the fact that you're just like, right, I'm going to join a wrestling school. I'm going to just move everything because this is my dream because I've grown up with it. And you're so, you've always been so determined. I always see it in you. And I feel so sad about lockdown because I, I just want you to wrestle. No, I just want to wrestle. Like, I feel like right when things was looking so good for me, just like um, cancelled. You're going to be fine, honestly. You're I, fine. I hope so. Do you know what sucks? Like, just the other day, I think yesterday, I got um a few bookings, and it was some of the most of them was for next year, October. And I'm looking at this thinking, like, this is what my life has become. I'm now accepting bookings like 13, 14 months away. I used to take <laughs> bookings like 14 days away. Now it's 14 months away. Like, what is going yeah. on? Just, you were killing it. <laughs> So let's well, go. Look, let's go back to um. months. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look. On the in regards to you know how good you were doing beforehand. Yes, you were. We you know we can talk all day about that. But to quote a man who you mentioned earlier as someone who you liked watching growing up, don't worry too much about you know when we come back and if you know if you still get bookings and if people remember you because like the macho man Randy Savage used to say. The cream always rises to the top. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you go, well, thank you for that. Listen, like this man, I feel like Costa don't hand out compliments very often. So when it happens, first of all, I'm wondering if you're okay today. <laughs> no, but you're always, I'm used to this. Costa's always nice to me. So yeah, I, thank no, you. Yeah, you're right. 
what I need this is because I feel like I feel like sometimes I can be so hard on myself. Like even sometimes after matches, like I'm like I did this wrong, I did that wrong. I'm never looking at what I did right. It's always what I did wrong, what I could have done better, which I feel like is a normal way to think. But at the same time, I do I feel like I am a bit, and I get told this a lot. Like Mercedes, you're so hard on yourself. Like you know, you're still very new. There's still so much room for you to grow. You're still learning. You're still you know, I'm still learning every single day. So, but at the same time, it's like I need I need to hear this sometimes. You know, it's, it's good to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Where do you well, I mean, where do you oh. think like you got that from? Where do you think you got this attitude where you just you're hard on yourself and you have to? Is it just because you love wrestling just, and you just really want to proceed, or? Well, like I I have this vision of myself and I see myself at the top. Whether people don't see that or not, I do see a top spot for me. And I want to, I don't want it to be handed to me, you know. I want to work my ass off to, I get like, right now, Brit West, like, I don't care what anyone says. I'm looking around and I'm seeing competition, whether it's within the women's division, whether it's, like, I'm seeing competition everywhere, you know. So it's like, unless you're willing to put the work in and, you know, don't even bother. So at the same time, I don't want to get to a point where I'm comfortable, you know, because I mm-hmm. feel like that's when I, I always like if I've done this, I'm like, OK, what's next? If I've accomplished this, I'm like, OK, this is good. But I could have done this a bit more, you know, and I don't know. It's just I, mean, I, just I think don't... it's I think it's good to have that, though, because I think like as an example, on a, on a much, much smaller scale compared to like all of Brit rest, but like. Last year is a good example. I was talking to Malik about this recently, how last year within just the London Lucha League, like me, you had the triple threat match with me, Malik and Callum. But Oh yeah, I was like, watch that, by the way. That was fucking amazing. Thank you very much. <laughs> but like between the three of us though, like deep down, like we, ne- we never had to say it, but like as much as, you know, we were working together to get that match and get build up that story and everything, there was a lot of competitiveness between all three of us because we each cool. wanted to prove how good each of us is individually. Callum's like, you know, a young teenage kid with a chip on his shoulder. Malik's just an angry man with a chip and on his shoulder. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, a podgy Greek fella who's always pissed off with the world. So, you know, we've all got a point to prove. And it's good It's good to have that. As much as you need, you oh, need, we all need each other to get better. It's good. You, yeah it's, it's healthy competition now you all have that relationship and where is that you're happy for one another like genuinely happy for one another you know and we need that in wrestling like I have a few girls where I know like no you're not just saying it like I know you're happy for me when good things happen Darcy is one of them like I know yeah. Jen- nah, nah she's not she, she told, she no, told I me love nah, nah nah Mercedes she told me off air how she couldn't she just did not want to interview you today she was like you know what can't stand Listen, her. Can't stand I've her. got the screenshots, yeah. I've got the screenshots. Yeah, screen you shot. know it. You know it. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Mercedes, no, you know I love you. And you know what is needed, you know, because you know what wrestling's like. It's not it's almost that little reassurance that your comfort zone, you know, that somebody that makes you feel like, you know what, I've got somebody to turn to, you know. I've got like it's nice to have that. It's nice to have that. And I do feel like I have a few people where I it's not just you know wrestling friends like no I, I feel like we're friends outside of wrestling you know so I need that and if anything if I get anything out of wrestling is at least I've made, met some great people and I'm happy with that yeah it's who would so... you say who would you say wink wink nudge nudge is the best person you've met in wrestling ah 
<laughs> Let me see. Who is the best person I've met in wrestling? Actually, do you know what? <laughs> I feel like I should probably say Costa for just like something no, that's um... you know what? I'm not that type of guy. I don't, I don't like, want you to Costa, feel like you have to say Costa. It changed my life. I tell you. No, that no, right don't now. feed the ego. Don't fall for it. It's not. It's a fake thing. Costa's <laughs> nah, oh all right. Costa's all right. I guess the okay. I, you know, E I, Costa's I, you know. But oh, no, yeah. honest, I have to admit, I'm, I'm thankful for the people I've met through wrestling. I've met some pretty darn good people. I tell you that. That's good. Some That's people good. I feel like I'll be friends with. With during wrestling and beyond, it's so weird, isn't it? Because like wrestling, you know, kayfabe aside, is not like technically a competitive sport, but people are very, very competitive, and sometimes it's a good thing because it makes you pushes yourself. Yeah, but... and the spots are limited. Let's face it; there's so many wrestlers out there, and so many talented, good wrestlers. But let's face it; not everybody can make it. You know, not everybody can make it to the top. And it is what it is. So it's it's competitive in the sense where everybody wants wants that spot, you know. We're all fighting for that spot, but at the same time, it's healthy competition. At least I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I think so, definitely. Because you never you just you never want to get comfortable. I feel like with wrestling, there's always something to work towards. Once you've accomplished something, when you once you tick something up, you know, there's always more to accomplish. And that's the thing with int- wrestling; it keeps it interesting. Yeah. Uh, so rewinding just a little bit. So you started out uh, out in Florida with FCW. Uh, I'm assuming after a while you came back over here. So where did you where did you end up? Kind of look. What did you look towards when you came over here? Like what schools did you look at, or what promotions did you get in touch with? And like I mentioned like at the time, this is was quite a while ago. So wrestling in this country wasn't as hot as as it is right now. So there wasn't that many wrestling schools. I know there was Lucha. So I did train at Lucha for a bit, actually. I did train at Lucha. And then I don't know if you heard Arsenal's Wrestling Academy. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Heard of Arsenal's. Yeah. So I trained there for a while, which, I mean, personally, I enjoyed training there. I learned a lot from Arsenal. And, um, and it was different training in a six-sided ring because obviously they were a developmental for TNA, so they had the TNA-style ring. And so that was at least an experience. That's different, you know, running ropes and confusing. But, yeah, that was cool. And um, Knock-A-Lot. So basically those are the three schools I've trained at in this country, Al Snows, Knock-A-Lot, and Lucha. Awesome, awesome. And when do you remember uh, what your first match was and who it was against? Oh my god. I'm testing My now. first match <laughs> was at Battle Pro. I believe this was 2018, maybe. Yeah, I think 2018. So about two years ago. So I'm still quite, you know, fresh to this whole thing. But um and it was again, so it was one of those six six people matches what the fuck do you call that i forget um six man tag well not a six man tag because i'm a woman that's what i can't call well, it a six okay man... a, a, six, a six six person, person tag a six person well, intergender six match tag. yeah whatever you want to call it you know <laughs> and <laughs> so it was that and I, I, this was so long ago i can't remember i know i was in it um ash draven was in it he really looked after me in that match so 
bless him. Who else was in that match? Oh my days, Kelly Six was in that match. Um, Kelly Six, Darcy. I don't, I don't, I've never heard of him. Yeah, no, me neither. Who else was in that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Kelly Six was in my first match. There you go. Um, Joseph Kafka, I believe, was in that match. Oh my days! Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? I, I feel so bad. I can't remember the other two. This is so bad. That's fine. Uh, you were, you Merkel. were the... Merkel. I, I don't know if he wrestles anymore, but there was a guy called Merkel. He was in the match, okay. and the final guy, I believe, was JJ Lynch. I'm not really sure. I don't know. Oh, I really you hope were, so. You were, the, you were the star anyway. Don't worry about it. Yeah, always. <laughs> <laughs> I named like 10 guys just then. I don't know. but You know it. Like, you're first match you just come out and you've already made like the most killer outfit and you're just like yeah you're gonna support me fans this is what's happening yeah yeah fuck it let's do this but yeah i was <laughs> i was shit nervous, shit nervous i was like why is it my first match and i've got like i was glad that it's not a one-on-one because at least i get less ring time but at the same time i was like oh my god like all these people are good and these people like do crazy shit you know so i'm like oh does that mean i gotta do crazy shit too you know but the, everyone looked after me and honestly we had so much fun and everything turned out great and i got booked again so i guess that's good imagine custom made professional wrestling gear imagine gear that doesn't ride up when you hit that perfect suplex. Now imagine gear that is perfect, but also 20% off. Um, why are you talking like that? I don't know, Costa. I can't stop. I'm just talking about good quality professional wrestling gear oh oh are you doing are you doing the advert i guess so i guess if you want good professional wrestling gear you need to head to vickstitch.co.uk yes that's right everyone you have to go to vickstitch.co.uk and if you are going to do an advert you need to do it in a good advert voice not a weird sexy mns voice that's right you go to vickstitch.co.uk you use that promo code LuchaPod, and you will get 20 percent off all custom-made wrestling gear but that's not all you will also get 20 percent off all pre-made gear as well as plain gear 20 percent off it is unbelievable value for money no, that's a terrible voice. You have to do it in the alluring voice, which is promo code LUCHAPOD at VIGSTITCH.co.uk. 20% of all orders, custom gear, ready-made gear, plain gear. Code will be used on basket or by directly messaging the VIGSTITCH Facebook page and creating the discount code. Yeah, seriously, stop doing that voice. No. From there, you ended up becoming uh, one of Will Ospreay's Young Lions at Frontline, and I know you didn't, you weren't actually originally one of the original Young Lions. You took part in the second uh, seminar, right? Yeah, I think the first one he did was both men and women, I believe. But then the one I took part in was actually all women, and I believe so. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. But um, like. 
there was there was over 20 of us so i walked in there thinking yo there's a lot of talented women in there man like am i pushing it a bit should i just walk back out of the doors and come back another time but it was fun it was all oh my days that like, it was one of the most train most difficult training days ever honestly like cool i mean i learned a lot <laughs> i definitely learned a lot and i enjoyed it but honestly wow like will does not play <laughs> I remember, um, so not, I was like, he's not easy on us. Like, he does not care. He's like, listen, do you want this or not? Like, and if you want it, show me. And that's exactly what we did. And you know, women are naturally competitive anyway. So we went in. There was, I think at the time, he was only looking for one, one spot. In the end, he ended up taking three, four of us. But at the time, at first, he said only one spot. So we were fighting for that one spot. And believe I remember, me, right? Um, B put you through um a lot of stardom drills because she was fresh from Japan. Like that girl is a machine. Like I remember when we was doing our cardios and our set goals, like she was going. I remember looking at her, like, how is this possible? Like, what what? She's I was honestly like, and I've got decent cardio, you know. I feel like I can go, but I was just watching her like, yo, she's next level, man. bloody yeah but yeah it was it was tough it was tough, it's honestly. incredible though well, that I did he, it. he he was like we're gonna have one more female young lion and then he decided actually out of the batch that have whittled, i've whittled down i'm gonna pick like three more i think it was well, yeah but there was the thing is like I, I feel like we all looked at each other and thought you know what yeah like I, 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 I smell competition in this room, you know, like we have to bring our A game, simple, simple. And yeah. maybe he was looking for, but he thought, you know what, I'm going to tell them I'm looking for one spot just to see how bad these girls want it, you know, because if you let us know you're looking for more girls and it's kind of like, no, I mean, to me, that would not have made any difference because I'm still fighting like you're only looking for one spot, you know, but I don't blame him because there were so many talented girls there. Like it was, it was a tough call. I can't really, re- it was so long ago that I can't really remember. I can't really name anyone that was there, but it I was... remember seeing you there and I was just, cause obviously like I knew you then at the time and I, I couldn't participate. I like, I was already a young lion, but I couldn't participate because I had a concussion, but I was watching and I was like, please Mercedes, come on. And you smashed it. There was like one drill and I think we had to do like a blero out and then jump up and, Oh God, like we really like you guys have put through your paces, you women should I think, uh, were put through your paces and you were smashing it. I could definitely see the competitive side in you. You were just like, Yeah, this is my spot. Everyone move aside, this is mine. Oh yeah, I was I was hungry for that spot, you know, because it was so early into my career and I, I realized that getting something like this could really help me boost my career. And I I can I mean this is Osprey, hello. Like in my mm. opinion, one of the best in the world, you know. So just to know that I can learn so much from him alone, that that motivated me. I was like, you know what, I need to do this. I need to do this for me. I need to do this for my career. And that's exactly what I did. And I do feel like that the last show I did was with, with Osprey, you know. And that yeah. was about what five months, one day. So it just goes to show like from, from becoming a young lion years ago to 
like he's still not giving up on me you know he's seen something in me and he's still helping me out to this day so that alone honestly not not everyone does that not everyone on his level has the time to be doing things like that you know so honestly when things like that happen you have to appreciate it and you have to give it your all because things like that don't just come every day you know yeah absolutely um and like but I, before I want to get onto something a little bit different in just a minute but before we do like while we're on the topic of like sort of big and cool career moments for you you mentioned obviously wrestling jazz uh, becoming a frontline young lion um all of these sort of things are there any other sort of like big career moments that have happened for you that kind of like really stand out and mean a lot to you um definitely i have quite a few actually um wrestling for wwe nxt uk was definitely yeah i mean i don't even think i've had 50 matches yet you know i don't even think like maybe like around 40 i'm still so green you know maybe green is not the right word but i'm still so new into my career so for things like this to happen is like oh my days it's to me it's it's mind-blowing like what the hell you know so i had definitely like wrestling for wwe was 100 percent one of the highlights of my career so far um my short little (laughs) career that i've had (laughs) um getting booked for raw smackdown that was also like what that was pretty cool as well and um wrestling for progress like not just wrestling for progress but wrestling for the progress women's championship like hello you know like that is also i don't know like words cannot explain honestly i'm so thankful for these moments and opportunities yeah so i mean you did uh obviously yeah like you just said you did wwe you've done progress all this amazing stuff like and your first match was in 2018. So that's a lot of stuff in a really yeah, short like space of time. Yeah, that's that's something to be thankful for. You know, this doesn't happen every day. So, um, I mean, I'm humbled by it. But then I still have so much. There's so much, still so much I want to do, so much for me to learn. So, like, like I said, I'm it's still so early into my career. But at the same time, it's like I'm hungry for more. <laughs> I want to I love more. that attitude. Well, speaking of hungry, uh, what what sort of stuff like? I I don't necessarily want to know what your goals are because obviously some people, you know, their goals can be a bit private. Maybe you want to share them, maybe you don't. But like, what sort of stuff? I guess do you want to do? Kind of coming out of lockdown, is there anything particular that you kind of got your sights set on? Um, well, first thing I want to be wrestling in more places. Like I feel like more promotions need to know. Him Mercedes Blaze is, you know, yeah. they, unless they do when they just don't care to book me. But um, I do, <laughs> I do want to wrestle in more places. So that's the first thing I want to do. I feel like once I conquer Brit Rest, then I can be open to wrestling, you know, outside of the UK, like in different countries. Like then I can take this international. But for now, I'm. I'm happy to just, I just want to wrestle in more places. Like, obviously, for me, the end goal is to maybe get signed. I feel like when I first started wrestling, I, I was like, oh my days, I want to get signed, I want to get signed to a big company. But now I'm just like, you know what? I just, I'm just happy to make a name for myself and see what happens. You know, I just, I've come to realize you don't need to be signed to find success in wrestling. And it took me quite a while to realize that, like, no, you can be successful without being 
you know, a signed wrestler. So mm, I'm happy to do this independently right now and just see where it takes me. I love I love what I do and I'm enjoying it. So, but yeah, that's that's where I want to begin. I want to wrestle way more places. And a lot there's of people. So people I've not wrestled yet. Like, there's still so many people I want to share the ring with. So there you go. It's one of them, mate. Of course. Yeah. Definitely, like, both of you have not wrestled yet, and I've not wrestled Darcy. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You don't want to wrestle Costa, trust me. Yeah, you no, don't want to no wrestle. No, 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 this is what Ron does. His... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dar- Darcy doesn't want Apparently people you to wrestle hit pretty hard. Yeah, Darcy doesn't want people to wrestle me yeah, because no. she knows the last time I shared a ring with her was the last time she shared a ring with anyone. It was. <laughs> Ouch, I know, right? There you go. I think that says it all. I like my career the way it is. Thank you, Costa. That's fine. That's fine. I'll I'll leave you be for now. Um, so one of the things, I mean, we've spoken a lot about wrestling, uh, but I kind of want to move on to something a little bit more serious. I know normally we keep this very lighthearted and everything, um, but this is something that I know you're very kind of passionate about and it's affected you and a lot of people uh during this pandemic like there's been a lot of other stuff going on in the world in regards to the black lives matter stuff um so i just kind of wanted to pick your brain a bit and get your your thoughts and your feelings on it a bit i don't know how deep into it you want to go or you're willing to go or whatever but you know what whatever what are your kind of what where do you sort of stand on uh not just how it affects wrestling but how it all sort of is affecting the world right now like i feel like it's there's clearly an obvious issue going on in the world when it comes to, you know, being a person of colour, you know, and anyone who tries to deny that, I'm not going to argue with them, that's your opinion, whatever, but from where I'm standing, I see a big issue, not just in wrestling, but just in the world in general, like, I mean, this is, like, I feel, I did feel like one point it was being like, for me, I've been black all my life, like, I've dealt with this like I've everything that people are tweeting about this is that like I've witnessed all of this. I, I've I've lived this, you know. So not that I'm used to it, but it gets to a point where I don't want to accept it. I don't want to accept it. So I'm not going to say it gets to a point where you have to accept it. But it's just like, yo, there's something happening in the world, and honestly, I don't see change coming anytime soon. Every single day, I'm seeing my people getting killed. You know, just the other day, it's just like, how are you going to shoot somebody? So like, really? You know, but it is, it is what it is, Costa. You know, I'm, tr- I try not to let it get to me too much because it's, it's exhausting and it's emotionally draining. You know, <laughs> so I try not to let it get to me too much. But it's real. It's a very real situation that's happening right now in this world, not just in wrestling in this world. But with that said, racism in wrestling is real. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you're, you're right. Um, I think one of the things that I kind of you're you're in a very unique position, I think, because you can sort of there's there's been a there's a lot of different areas to this, I think. And um, if you look at wrestling just a few years ago, for example, the big there was like a big campaign going on in wrestling to get women noticed um, and try to get like women more spots in wrestling and et cetera, et cetera. And you know that's happened to a degree, like it's it's working, but it's still not quite there yet. It's taking a lot of time. Now, obviously, again, the Black Lives Matter campaign goes way beyond wrestling. uh, But just in regards to it being within wrestling, do you think it's something that could end up being like 
what's gone on with the women, where it's something where more uh, black wrestlers will be given a chance to sort of show their skills and stuff? Or do you think? Definitely, because it's getting, I feel like it's getting to the point where us black wrestlers are like, you know what, fuck it. You're not giving it to us. We're going to fucking take it. Like, I'm done asking for that spot. I'm done mm. asking for it. If you're not going to willingly give it to me, then I'm going to take that spot. You know, like, it's going to the point where we're, we're, we're done being nice about it. And the good thing about the fact that it was spoken about is made us more comfortable to voice our opinion, you know. But I'm at the point where I'm like, listen, whether I get signed, whether I am a black woman and I'm going to make a point of that, you know, like, we are not represented enough, Costa. We are not represented enough. Like, sometimes I watch certain promotions and I'm like, like, if I make my niece watch this, who is she supposed to look up to? Because none of these girls look like her. Mm. None mm. of these, you know I mean, none of these girls look like her. Like, at one point, I remember her telling me, oh, I don't really think you succeed because they don't really, like, she's not seeing people that look like me. She's not seeing women of color. She's not seeing black girls that look like me. And it's like, I beg to differ. I refuse to agree with that. I'm going to prove her wrong. Because I don't want, I don't want to install in her in her mind that she cannot achieve certain heights because of her skin color, you know. So right now she's looking at me and she's waiting. Like it's almost like she's waiting to for me to prove her wrong, and I'm going to do just that. My yeah. skin yeah. barrier, girl. I tell you that it's not a barrier. If anything, it's my strength. <laughs> and it's you such... have so much determination and so much talent. Like, I have no doubt that's going to happen. Thank you. You Thank will you. be a star. I, I, comp- I, have, I know I'm biased because I love you, but you are so inspirational. And, like, you... I think we started around the same time, but I, you were in the ring way before me, and I was looking at you like, oh, my God, I want to be Mercedes. You just have fire. Love it. To be, I don't want it to ever be where oh, it's like, oh, we got to book, you know, somebody just because, yeah, we need a black person. No, I do believe, regardless of your skin color, you need to work your ass off and earn that spot, you know, because right now, competition is at an high, like, there's talent everywhere. So it's not just like, oh, yeah, they should book me because I look different from everybody else. Like, no, like, you need to work your ass off and be just as good, if anything, better than that person's spot you're trying to take. So I'm not even, I'm not I'm trying to say, yeah, I need that spot because then the black person, no, that I need, I need to be just as good, if anything, better. Yeah. Do you feel I like I have to work same... harder? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. 100% on that one. 100, 100%. I, I fully accepted that years ago i accepted that before i even started to train with wrestling now with you it is it, that's how it is you know <laughs> yeah. and as i'm getting older and the more i'm getting into wrestling i'm seeing it you know like i'm actually seeing it with my own two eyes i'm like yo this is real but i, I don't let it hold me back it does get a bit it does you know i have to it does get me a bit down sometimes but it's just like you know fuck that like if anything i'm just gonna work extra hard to the point where you can try to ignore me but you won't you can't. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make sure that you don't. No, that, it's that's impossible the, think, not to see you, Miss Adiz. You're amazing. <laughs> well, I think that's the right attitude to have as well. And one of the things I think is 
really cool about you and like and to be fair so many others there's a lot of others out there as well but obviously i know i know you personally so like one of the things i think is really cool about you is you're saying all of this stuff and it's true but while you're saying uh, what's the right i'm trying to think the right way of wording this but it's like you're, you're saying all this stuff but you're not you're, you you want to push and you want to get yourself into that spot you want to take that spot but you're not willing to change who you are as a person to get it Whereas so there's so many people out there who they're willing to do whatever it takes, but in a way, I don't know if this is the right word for it, but they're prostituting their own character by just saying yes to things that they really don't want to do or, you know, whatever it might yeah. be. Whereas you, I know you and like the way your the way your head works and the way like you are in your heart and stuff that you wouldn't be willing to do that. If you, if you know something is something that wouldn't suit you as a person or you just honestly feel like you know what that's that's just not something i would i could do or i can't you know break my morals for that you know that that is what it is and i think that's very commendable i totally agree with that and and it's hard you know it's hard to be this way because it's easy to question yourself like oh this person's telling me to do it this way so maybe i am doing the wrong but listen i learned a very long time if you listen to what everybody's telling you to do like if you t if somebody's telling you about right, you're doing this wrong and you take that out you're going to end up with nothing to do if you're literally listening to everyone that's telling you don't do this do this that way that way you end up losing yourself and then it's not generic it's not people can see through that you know it's not it's not believable if you don't believe in yourself people won't believe in you, you know? Exactly. And I'm, yeah, exactly. So I just, I, I want to be, I don't want somebody to see me and be like, nah, this girl's phony, you know, because. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think as well, like, it, it's good to take advice from all different angles, like different I, people I, I, who I, have I, different I, things to say. It's like, but you don't have to use everything. It's just good. Okay. It's good to listen I, okay. to different people and different opinions, take it on board and say, you know what? That's what they think. Maybe you completely disagree with it. Maybe because so, someone who could be that, like Shawn Michaels could come to you tomorrow and say, this is what you should be doing. And in your head, you can be like, that's good advice, but I just don't think it works for me. But maybe you try it one day. You give it a little go. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But at least you tried or at least you listened. But it's all about working out what works for you as a person and as a character. Regardless of who I get advice from, like I'm always, like, I'm always taking it in. I'm like a sponge. I'm soaking it all up, you know, whether I agree or not, I'm taking it in because you never know when in your like rest, to survive in wrestling, you, you have to change. You can't be the same person. Like generations change, things change and you, you have to change as time goes along. You know, you have to adapt. So something that might not work for me now might work for me a year or maybe in two years time, fucking might work for me in eight years time if I'm still in the business. So honestly, like, I have a wrestling book and I just write everything down everything yeah. done and I've been doing that for many years now so as you can imagine like that book is so I try to everything that I'm learning along the way I try to like record everything down and then you know sometimes you can go back and be like oh yeah I remember this I remember that like I just love learning especially about something I love like I'm so passionate about wrestling I'm not just doing this because yeah I like, know this is something I'm passionate about like wrestling is in my heart so just being around it, just learning every day. I'm, I'm totally open for that. I've heard so many, like, I've shared locker rooms with you, but not obviously wrestled with you. Um, and I've heard, like, every time you finish a match, you're always the first person up going, how was it? And you ask everyone for feedback. Oh, and you always listen and you, you try different things and you 
I think you're the only person I know that I've shared a locker room with um, numerous occasions where you've actually gone, okay, I will try this out. And I really respect you for that because you're just like, okay, cool. I might not agree with it, but I'm going to try it. Of course, so I'm good with it. Of course. And, and the majority of the time, I've been so lucky that I've been put in the ring with people that are experienced, people that I trust in my body, people that I know I'm going to learn so much from. So it's like, I have faith in this person. It's like, listen, let's, let's do it. You know, let's go out there. And like wrestling is like a dance, you know, you need both people to participate. And I just want to, I don't want to be a difficult worker. And I've been lucky enough to where I've shared the ring with people that I trust, people that have experience, people that I know I can learn so much from, you know, people that have way more experience than me. So honestly, like, yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, you're right. It's, it's about, you know, working together as a team uh, and, you know, you learn from your failures. And speaking of failures, so... We have uh, a bit of a thing on this uh, on this podcast where we like to end on a bit of a game uh, to like kind of you know end on a, end on a high note, see what we can do. Uh, and the reason I mentioned failures is because a few months ago, uh, you well both of you are a part of a Facebook group chat with uh, myself and a few other familiar faces of Lucha. Oh no! And a few a few months ago, we arranged a. Uh, what everyone was doing at the time, the big common trend was the uh, video chat quiz. And if I remember rightly, Mercedes, you actually bailed on the quiz, right? On one of them, I, not all of them. I think so. I can't remember. Yeah. Maybe. No, I, I remember. I don't remember doing any quiz. No, you're right. Yeah, so we arranged this quiz and then you didn't you didn't turn up on the day. In fact, you turned up after we finished the quiz. <laughs> but that's fine because you're not getting away with it that easy. So I'm going to give you the questions from my round of the quiz. No, you're going to do this now. This was like, what, three months ago, two months ago. Yeah. You I've saved, saved these questions. I've saved these questions. I, I'm not going to no. know any of the questions. Really, Costa, like. Oh listen, my God. listen, it's an easy, um, my round was an easy round. Ego. So Mercedes, are you ready for Costa's big quiz? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's a yes. <laughs> cool. So my round, for those at home that are listening, uh, my round, you know, everyone had different rounds. Malik had, I think, music or hip hop or something like that. Uh, Darcy, uh, no one knows what she had. I had boring. video games. Okay, she had video games. Now, my round was a really good round. My round was the life and times of Costa K. Of course, of course it was, yeah. Seriously, this is depressing. Okay, go on. (laughs) Isn't it? Isn't it? So, Mercedes, are you ready for... They're multiple choice, so, you know, you don't have to think too hard. Are you ready? Um, I love how, like, no one can see us, like, the the screen that we have here but obviously we have a video chat going on and I love how Mercedes pretended to freeze then <laughs> she was like yeah <laughs> like, I'm gonna freeze I'm not anyway anyway shut up shut your mouth here we go question one of Costa's big fat Greek quiz here we go Mercedes I have lived in uh, flats above fish and chip shops over the years can you name the first fish and chip shop that I lived above as a baby and here are your multiple choice options. Was it called 
Codfellas? Was it called Barracuda, the Orca, or the Flying Fish? Flying Fish. Could you say that again? You cut out for a second there. Could you say it again, sorry? I said definitely Flying Fish. That's correct. You have one point. You have one point on the quiz. I don't think anyone else got that right. Um, it was a long time ago. All right, question two. Are you still there, Mercedes? See, I'm still here. Okay, I'm so depressed about doing the quiz. It's all right. It's all right. You can get a bit more excited as the questions go on. It's fine. Um, right, question two. Costa had two pet canaries as a child. Can you name them? Is it A, Bert and Ernie, B, Biggie and Tupac, C, Peaches and Cream, or D, Greg and Gary? <laughs> I'm so tempted to go with B, but I'll go with um, A. What's A? Is it? I'll, I'll what the option? I'll repeat. I'll go with A. A Whatever is... it was, I'll go with A. Bert and okay. Ernie, I think it was. Or something. She's going for Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie. That's my final answer. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. The answer was C, peaches and cream. Oh, for fuck's sake, really? That's not right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question three. Don't worry, you can pull it back. You've got time. Question three. Name the town that Costa was born in? Was it A, Romford, B, Harold Wood, C, Hornchurch, or D, Billericay? Romford. Oh, that's incorrect. It was Harold Wood. Oh, I said that with so much confidence as well. Repping the Harold Wood massive <laughs> and you've, you've thrown out Romford. Ah, oh, it's all right. It's all right. There's still time. There's still time. A couple more questions. Question four. I like what was okay? This this one you might get. This one you might get. This is wrestling related. Okay. What was the main event of the WrestleMania that took place the year that Costa started training to become a wrestler? Was it A. The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin? B. John Cena versus The Miz? C, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, or D, Roman Reigns versus Triple H? I'll go with Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. Oh, it was so close, but so far, it was John <laughs> Cena versus The Miz, 2011. So oh, nobody oh, got any points in this round, I don't think. <laughs> All right, hang on. We got two we got two questions left. We got the oh, final the final main question, and then I've got a bonus question just for you. This wasn't in the bonus question wasn't in the quiz, but here oh. we go. Question five. You've got one one out of four so far. Question five. My maternal granddad, so that's my mum's dad, his real his Greek name is Sodiri. What is the English translation of that name? Is it A, Seth, B, Steve, C, Sean, or D, Sebastian? Sebastian. 
Oh, it was B, Steve. Oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, that was the least likely one. So, okay, so those were the five. Why why, why did you do this to me, Costa? Honestly, I wanted to see how well you knew me. (laughs) Well, I can tell you out of the five original quiz questions, you got one out of five, uh, which is the same as what two of my closest friends, Malik and Callum, got. so, you know, you're, you're up there with two of my very best friends. So there you go. Um, okay. <laughs> however, however, I'm... Did you say they both only answered one correctly also? Yes. In fact, actually, I think Malik got one. I think Callum got zero, actually. Oh, that makes me feel better. There you Callum go. Callum gave well, up. I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to get a bonus, a little bit of bonus points on the board here. One final question for you. Number six, the bonus question. And if you get this one right, I'm going to give you all six of the points. All right, here we go. Can you name Costa's all-time favorite pro wrestler? Is it A, S.A. Rios, B, Al Snow, (laughs) C, Scotty Too Hotty, or D, Hardcore Holly? He's not... A, sorry, he was A. Sorry, I'll do it again. A, S.A. Rios, B, Al Snow, C, Scotty Too Hotty, or D, Hardcore Holly? Oh, fuck. Okay, wait, hold on a minute. Oh, my God. It has to be Hardcore Holly. Is that your final answer? <laughs> Can I call a friend? No assistance, I'm afraid. You're gonna have to submit your final answer. You're all out of lifelines. Fuck. Oh wait, hold on a minute. I'm like, it could be wait, it has to be of course it's S A Rios. S A Rios. That's who I go with. Final answer? I can tell you the correct answer is Scotty too hotty. Scotty Too Hotty is Costa's favourite wrestler, Mercedes. Okay, what? Well, no one else can see this, but Mercedes just dramatically threw us up over the bed. I love it. Um, <laughs> right, Mercedes. Oh, that was that was a terrible quiz, by the way. Like that was right. the worst quiz I've ever done in my life. Let me Mercedes, just do you know what? Forget about Costa's quiz. Let's do a quick fire round because this is Darcy's time. And oh, I'm not going to put that pressure on you. I'm not egotist enough to make a whole quiz about myself. Um, no, so I'm going to give you, like, I don't know, five questions. I don't know. I'm going to make them up. Uh, <laughs> you just have to say the first thing that is on your mind, okay? Okay. Do well, not hesitate. I can see you thinking. Stop it. Just the Stop first thinking. thing. Fuck it. Gosh, this is even going to be worse. Right, oh let's God, say, like, this is... All right, on your gear, okay. crystals or spikes? Crystals. Nice. Gym or clubbing? Gym. Totally. Being a badass bitch or making friends? Being a badass bitch. I mean, we knew, we knew it. We knew it from the podcast. We knew it. We knew it. Okay. All right. Wine or spirits? Wine. 
definitely yeah. All right, last one. Don't even think about it. This is a big one. Don't think about it. Costa or Malik? <laughs> Malik! <laughs> Right, well, thank you very much, Mercedes Blaze. That was Mercedes Blaze, everybody. Um, I hope you fail in your career. Um, You know, I'm (laughs) going to... Thank you so much. You invite someone on on your podcast and they they throw that at you. Okay, see how it is. I'm sorry, Costa. Listen, you and Malik are like, technically like one. Like you and Malik are basically like the same person, you know? No, <laughs> no, we're not. We edit this out. It's not happening. We're not putting that in. No, I mean, like, so fuck it. We Listen, we have merged and become one entity. We are monster. Okay. Darcy, why would you make me do that? Thank you for making me do that, Darcy. Like, how could you let me choose well, between my boys? Coffee, I don't know what to do. It's you fine. Listen, listen, it's fine. You picked Malik and it's fine. I'm He's so not happy. here. You chose you chose Malik. Whatever. I, Yay, I Malik. So let's just end this podcast. Yay, uh you know, Malik. you can you can have the final word. Is there anything you would like to say to the people out there listening to Mercedes Blaze? for having me guys honestly i was so nervous but i had no time to prepare for this did i costa so like yeah i mean honestly thank you guys and i just i miss wrestling i miss i miss my wrestling friends my wrestling and i just cannot wait to get back in the ring and i can't wait for y'all to see my new gear like we can't wait to see see you back in the ring mercedes Oh, I cannot wait to get back in the ring. Honestly, like hopefully soon rather than later, because I'm getting I'm getting the itch. I was just like, oh, I need to get back in. Oh, now. Thanks to Mercedes Blaze there for coming on the podcast and just insulting the ever glorious host of the show. Wait, uh, wait, she won't what? be back. No, shut up, shut up. You're not speaking here. Uh, she won't be back anytime soon uh, because that was just plain rude. No, uh, well, no, I want to carry on talking to Mercedes. Well, I, I just, I just don't think that was an appropriate finish. You know, I mean, Pick- she was right. No, absolutely not. I. When it comes down to it, if you're going to pick between Costa and Malik, you always pick Costa because. Malik. <laughs> right. Well. I mean, I'm on this podcast with you, so I guess Costa. Well, you know what? I'm just going to be the bigger man. I don't hold a grudge. She can come back on the pod anytime she wants, but she's just got to buck her ideas up and realize that the real uh, best Costa, if you will, is Costa. She paid uh, you so many that. compliments in that whole interview. Like she did. Don't she take did. it to heart. No, I put her no, on the spot. Did. Yeah. Well, she's got to be better at thinking on her feet. I think. I think that's one of her flaws, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> but no. uh, like I said, I'm not holding a grudge. I'm not holding a grudge. She can come back anytime she wants. But you know, it is what it is. And she's made her bed now, and she has to lie in it. So there you go. Okay, well, as long as you're not gonna write her off from Luchapod nah. history, like Combra or Rocker. Nah, he's gone. Nah. 
Well, I mean, we might have him back on someday. Mm, he's he's actually sure. our third most listened to guest after oh no after Cara Noir and Will Ospreay, and that is a legit shoot, brother. That's terrible. How amazing is that? Ombre Del Rocker and all his fans in Texas uh, are loving a bit yes, of Ombre. Big up Texas. Shout out <laughs> Texas. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's pretty much everything we got for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to Mercedes Blaze for coming on and just burying me at the end there. Yay, Mercedes! Um, <laughs> thanks to Tom Dawkins, Cara Noir for Culture Exchange, which, by the way, is the name of the thing now. Um, oh, we we haven't mentioned... No, well, well, your names were fucking dreadful, so I think it's a decent name. Me and, me and Tom to... agreed on it. <laughs> thanks to talking Dawkins. Uh, yeah, thanks uh, everyone. <laughs> oh, that's not what it's called. It's called the Cultural Exchange yeah. uh, or, or just Culture Exchange. We don't know yet. It's it's one of the two. Whatever sounds better. Whatever I end up saying the most, that is what it is. Good. Right. Okay, you stop talking. <laughs> um, everyone, take care of yourselves. We'll see you next week with a very, very special guest. All of our guests are special. They are, but this one... I don't know who it is, but they will be special. <laughs> they we will be, are, trust me. We are so prepared. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, folks. <laughs>